every time I make a sale, the Shopify app notifies me saying, hey, you know, you just made, you know, you just sold a $500 item or you just sold a $1,000 item. And I've had even had like, I went to a, a bachelor party. Um, so I was in a strip club and I made, and I was like, oh, let me get another lap dance because I just made some money. Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to episode 72 of the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry. And this week, I've got my friend Johnny FD, author of the book 12 Weeks in Thailand. We're going to talk about how he built a dropshipping business while living overseas in Thailand. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about the most genius strategy he used to getting dropshipping suppliers on board, the mindset of focus and getting things done really with your back against the wall, and finally, being able to let go of old life scripts, uh, take on new risks, and really seek out the things that give you the life you want uh, with freedom in time, income, and mobility. And before we get into it, some news and updates. Starting next week, I'll be publishing a three-part Amazon series where we talk about how to list, sell, optimize and fulfill orders and items on Amazon. And so what I did was I got three experts that are really making a killing on Amazon and we go into extreme detail on every aspect of the platform. So this goes into when you're listing your products, uh, how should you optimize your keywords? Uh, what does the sales rank mean? You know, how does the algorithm work on Amazon? What are terms like out of the box sales? Uh, kind of all that stuff because it's very new for me too. And so I think you'll enjoy this if you're branding your own stuff and you want just another sales channel to really boost your income. And so uh, we also talk about fulfillment by Amazon. Now, this means basically sending your inventory to Amazon and letting them send down the orders and also some pros and cons of using this uh, listing on Amazon or using another 3PL like Shipwire. So you don't want to miss out on this. Uh, make sure you join the mailing list at buildmyonlinestore.com. And with that being said, uh, let's just get into this week's episode. All right, so listeners, welcome to the show. Today I got my bunny Johnny FD over here in Thailand. So we actually met up uh, probably like two or three weeks ago in Chiang Mai. So today we're going to talk about uh, how he got into drop shipping and kind of how he's actually building this business out in Thailand, out of the USA. So pretty interesting uh, case study we got here. So Johnny, uh, welcome to the show, man. Hey, what's up, Terry? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so uh, we met, like I just said earlier, in, you know, kind of Chiang Mai through a friend here, and you mentioned how you were building a drop shipping business in Thailand. So, you know, I guess before we start, like, how'd you even move out there? So back in 2008, I had a normal job in Los Angeles. I had, you know, I had a good life. You know, if you looked at my MySpace at the time, you know, I had, it looked like I was having a good time. And I went on a vacation, just a three-week vacation with my two cousins, and ended up just loving it. For anyone who's been out to Thailand, every, everyone loves it. There's nobody that goes back and says, oh, it was okay. Every single person I've ever met comes to Thailand and says, man, it's it's paradise out here. And it really is. When I was out there, I, you know, we signed up for all these random courses like bungee jumping, Thai cooking class, you know, snorkeling, elephant riding, trekking. And we ended up doing it, something called a discover scuba dive, where they just take you for one day, uh, on the boat and you go scuba diving. It was that, I think at that instant, I decided, you know what, like, wh what am I doing back in, back in LA? Like all this money that you're making working a nine to five, you're, you're really just sacrificing your freedom and your youth. And so you just decided to just not fly back or did you fly back and then come out again? So on that, on that boat ride, actually, I had just read uh, the four hour work week and this is 2008 when it was 
just coming out and really popular, I decided to do one of the worksheets on there, which was what's the worst case scenario. If I, if I gave everything up, if I quit my job, I sold all my furniture, I broke up with my girlfriend, I started at zero. If I moved back to the U S how long would it take me to get to my life, to get my life back to exactly where it was. And I calculated it. I was like, you know what, man, I can get, I can get everything back within two months. I can, Move in with some friends or my parents or my sister for, for a couple of months while I look for a job, you know, get another job that I'll probably end up hating in a year. I can buy a new furniture, I can buy a new car, I can get another girlfriend. What's the biggest risk? And I'm not even taking a big risk. I'm taking two months of my, of my life to, to take this risk to see if I would enjoy living out in Thailand. And I went home. Within 60 days, I had sold everything. I sold both my cars. I had just picked up my life and I moved out. And how old were you back then? I was 28. I mean, it was one of those things where I wasn't passionate about my job. I didn't, I wasn't extremely happy. And what would make me happy is going out and buying things, you know, or, you know, fixing up my car or, you know, looking to buy the newest cool thing. Because like we were talking about earlier when we met, it was like the life scripts that are handed down to us, right? Like to go to school, get a job, you know, get a family, have 2.5 kids. And, you know, I guess some people, they just like, they just born in that script. They never question it. But I guess like for us who've gone down a different path, it's it's like, like why am I doing this, right? Yeah, and I absolutely just fell into it as well. I mean, it wasn't even my idea to go to Thailand. It was my cousin's. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll come out for a few weeks um, just on, you know, on vacation. And four years later, <laughs> I ended up writing a book about it. And so how did you get into dropshipping at, at, at like recently? Because I'm sure you've done other stuff. I think you were like doing like scuba diving. You're doing like Muay Thai. Like how did you end up with dropshipping then? It, it was really out of necessity. I, I was dead broke. I was I had less than $200 in my bank account and I had no real form of income. And I knew that if I needed to do something or I'd have to go home with my tail between my legs, live with my parents and look for a job. It was out of desperation that I decided I didn't make a business once and for all that would be sustainable. I mean, for the last four years, I've been just getting by. I call that kind of Johnny 2.0. So 1.0 was you know, my normal life back in the US, working a nine to five. Um, I upgraded that by living the four hour work week you know, by doing things like teaching scuba diving, doing Muay Thai or blogging and being able to travel and live. But my monthly income was so low. It was basically just enough to cover a very minimal uh, existence out here. And it was actually perfectly fine for a few years. I really enjoyed it. And I highly encourage anyone who is stressed at home, you know, at a job that they don't love to just, just leave and just, you know, even if you have to live in a pretty, you know, a small place and eat, you know, just Thai food and, you know, not get a massage every day, you know, and just kind of live on a budget, you can absolutely do that. And I did that for $600 a month for a long time. Even that life out here was still pretty good. I mean, you still end up getting massage a couple of times a month. Uh, you still end up eating out, you know, most of your meals at, you know, great Thai food. And you still end up getting to travel and see the world and meet cool people. But then I had realized, because I turned 32 this year, and I realized, I was like, you know, I can't do that forever. I, I'm holding myself back uh, with all these places in the world I want to go to, like Europe, which I knew I couldn't afford to go to uh, at this small budget. At the time, my, my main source of income was I had a Muay Thai blog. It was called myfightcamp.com, which I've been writing for four years. And it's just, you know, documenting my journey about traveling around Thailand and all the Muay Thai gyms I trained at, uh, the cost of living at each one and, and the lifestyle at, at every different place. I ended up writing a book called 12 Weeks in Thailand, which is on Amazon now. Uh, it's also on 12weeksinthailand.com. That was my main source of income for 
you know, for a long time. But as an author, the only way to really make money is to keep putting out books. And you gotta, you gotta put out series and it takes a long time to write each book. And I had realized that even though I really enjoyed writing the first one, because I really enjoyed sharing the story and the reviews I got, you know, were people saying, hey, thank you so much for giving me the, the courage and inspiration to quit my job and move out. It wasn't something that I wanted to do as my main source of income. And, you know, for anyone that out there that's a, a Kindle author or, you know, a self-published author, it's not, you know, it's pretty easy to make a couple hundred bucks a month, but it's really hard to make over a thousand a month. Yeah, like scaling it to a thousand and above. Like it's, the, it's like, it's like, it's hard to steer a parked car, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause it's interesting. Like when people read the four hour work, they think the ultimate goal is to just live on a beach with a coconut living off like, you know, a thousand bucks a month when, you know, it can really get in the way of building something bigger. And that sounds like what you ran into. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was a great first step. I mean, my goal was to just chill out for, for a year or two. And I did, I lived on some, some of the most beautiful beaches in the world, uh, white sand, clear blue water, great scuba diving, you know, worked on my tan. And after that, I was like, okay, now I'm ready to move on. And I remember a big part like a big paradigm shift was I started hanging out with these two guys I met at my CrossFit gym out here in Chiang Mai. Uh, this guy named uh, Kurt from New Zealand and a guy named Anton from New York. And I saw their apartments. And at first I actually was, I thought they were stupid. I'm like, why are you guys spending so much money on your apartment living on here? It's, it's, it's a waste. I mean, because they were both spending, I think it was about um, 12,000 to 18,000 baht, which is about you know, in, in U.S. terms, it's actually not that much. It's it's four hundred to you know six hundred dollars a month. <laughs> you can't get anything for that in like any city in the U.S. Exactly. So if you're living back in the U.S. and you're spending six hundred bucks a month on, on your apartment, you know nobody would even bat an eye. That's just normal. But the reason why I was you know I was almost offended. I was like, man, you can get a place for a hundred fifty dollars a month, and it's fine. You know, it's you know. You know, yeah, sure, it's not luxury. You don't have a swimming pool. You don't have maid service, but you know, it's a fine place. You know, you get a room, and that's what I was living in for years. So I got just got used to it, and then I, I realized after a while, I was like, you know what? I think I'm lying to myself. And a big part of it was when these guys were talking about traveling and saying that they wanted to go to Sweden for the summer, just because you know it's Sweden and it's it's summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the girls are pretty too. Yeah, and then we'll go to South America, to, you know, just to hang out. And I got, I really looked at my life and I was like, man, there's no way I can afford that. I mean, I could afford to live out here on a budget in a cheap room, eating cheap food, but there's absolutely no way I can afford these paint tickets to fly around. And that's when I realized I'm lying to myself and I, I need to step up my income. And so how did you find dropshipping? Because I know Anton was kind of the guy that led you there too, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I was really lucky. I mean, I've never read any anything online. I mean, I'm sure there's a thousand programs out there on a warrior form and other things that say, you know, how to make, you know, thousands of dollars a day in your first day. And luckily I, I never fell uh, into any of those things, but I never even really was exposed to it. The first course I ever even heard about or even tried to follow was Anton's course. And the only reason why I did it was because I knew him. You know, I, I didn't know him that well yet. At that time, I had just met him a month ago, but you know, it's, I'm pretty good at judge character and, and he was such a genuine, honest guy. And he, I saw the lifestyle. What does he do? Let's back up a little bit because I don't think our listeners know who Anton is. So Anton, he runs a bunch of uh, e-commerce stores. And the, the reason why I knew he was legit is because one day we were hanging out watching stupid cat videos on, on YouTube. And you know how you get those little notifications that pop up uh, on, on your email and then it, they were just the whole time we were hanging out. I just kept seeing them pop up and they all had dollar amounts. And I eventually asked him, I was like, I was like, are you making money while we're watching YouTube videos? And he's like, yeah, I have an e-commerce store set up. 
And I was like, man, I was like, how much did you just make while we watch? You know, I, I thought we were watching, but it was, it was, you know, stupid YouTube stuff. And he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred bucks. And I was like, man, that's like my whole month's, you know, expenses. So I asked him, I was like, how can you teach me how to, how to set, set up your e-commerce stores? And he's like, yeah, no problem. I got, I got a, I got a course, <laughs> you know, uh, he's like, I just filmed a video course on how to do it. That night signed up. Uh, he actually had taken off uh, to go traveling to down to the islands for a while. So while he was gone, I, I bought his course. I watched the videos and I signed up. I trusted him. Uh, I saw that it was successful. So I followed the course and I just did exactly what he said without question. And it worked. Yeah. And so how long did it take you to build up your store? It took, it took a while. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't know anything about e-commerce. I never even heard of drop shipping. I had, he had to explain to me what that was. You know, I made blogs before, so I was, I was pretty good at, you know, at writing, but I was not technical at all. It took me exactly two months to, to build the site, to get approved by the suppliers, to put all the products up, to, you know, figure out all the advertising and like Google product ads and things like that, which I've never heard of before. So it took me exactly two months. And to be honest, during, you know, during that time I was, you know, I would lose hope sometimes. I'd be like, man, you know, this is my niche sucks or, you know, this is really hard. It's, it's taking a lot of work. But I was desperate. I mean, I had no other source of income, and I was like, I know this works because I've, you know, because I've seen it work. Let me just, just keep pushing ahead. And I made my first sale on, I think it was July twenty fourth, and that day I actually made two sales. And the next day I made another sale. And then for a couple of days there was nothing, and I was worried again. But then it just started coming again, and I consistently. Uh, for the so it's only been a few months. It's only been four or five months now, and I've been consistent. I mean, I've been making at least a sale a day. Um, I think I started first month it was like eighteen thousand dollars in revenue, and this month it was twenty two thousand in revenue. So it keeps growing. And I know we talked about this earlier, like your store store fell in you, so you don't want to tell. Uh, what your website is, but like, what industry are your products in? Yeah, so it's just furniture. I mean, there, there's all different types. Um, and but the the way I found it was in Anton's course. He says to write down a list of everything you've ever bought in the last ten years. You know, he has some parameters. Uh, I think one of them was it needs to be between a hundred hundred dollars and a thousand dollars, and you know, and it has to be something that's sellable online. And he gives you like a whole you know, a whole homework on how to look at your competitors and see if it's going to sell well online, things like that. And it was just something that, that I bought, you know, I think it was, I bought it like five years ago. So I knew, you know, it was, I was not only a, a client, I was a customer. So I kind of knew what customers want for it. And at the end of the day, it was, it was actually pretty, pretty easy to find uh, niches. In the beginning, it's, you always kind of stressed out about it, you know, thinking, oh, what's the perfect niche. But now that I've started a couple of different stores and, and, and that's actually another cool thing is once you automate your first store, you can kind of just do the same system uh, because you already know how to do it. And the second time, it doesn't take you two months to make your first sale. You can make your first sale within a week or two. Yeah, because you have the templates kind of like on the about us page, shipping policies, all that stuff. That's kind of you can just reuse. and. Yeah, so it's, it's great. I mean, you know, if you wanted to double, say you wanted a, ra a raise in your nine to five job, you know, you can ask for 10% 10 raise, but it's, it's pretty hard to get that. Um, but if you wanted to a 100% raise in e-commerce, all you have to do is start another store. Yeah, or you double your conversion rate, like some, some yeah. kind of like little tweaks, small hinges, swing, big doors. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in uh, Anton's course, he actually recommends to start up to 10 stores that we have multiple sources of income. Because let's say you're making, you know, $1,000 from each store, that, that's great monthly revenue. Uh, for me, I actually chose instead just to ha concentrate on five stores total. And the reason for that is so I can really, really 
uh, add value to each one, really uh, optimize each one, convert, you know, have each one convert well, but also, you know, uh, build my brand authority in each one. So instead of having 10, you know, kind of half-assed stores that all bring in money, um, I'd rather have five really, really good ones that I, I dedicate to. Yeah. So what are like, for the price points we're looking at, you were saying like it's ideally one to a thousand. Are we looking at $500 furniture or like what's the price range? Yeah. And, and the reason why is, and he explains in the, in the, in the course, but it's just as much work to set up um, and make a sale for something that's seventy dollars or you know or twenty bucks versus selling something that's seven hundred bucks. Uh, but the reason why he said to cap it at around thousand dollars is people that you know, are going to buy something over a thousand dollars online usually want to talk to someone or they usually want to trust you more. They want to they want some brand recognition. I guess you would order something on Amazon that's over a thousand because you kind of trust Amazon and you know and you've fought through them before. But if it's you know Joe Schmo's e-commerce store. Uh, if it's a hundred dollar item, you know, usually it's not a big deal it, it, as long as the the site looks legitimate. And he teaches you ways. Uh, he gives, gives you actually gives you templates on all the privacy policies and the uh, I'm sorry, uh, the the shipping policies, return policies, price guarantees, things like that to make you look your site look like it's it's been up and running for five years. But um, if it's well over a thousand, it, it involves a lot more pre-selling and customer service. Yeah. So you're running five stores at the same time now, or yeah. And it's uh, it's pretty fun. Did you start building all five at the same time, or no? No, I, I started with just one, and I think one day I realized, you know, what, I'm really only working about 20 minutes a day, just kind of fulfilling orders, and I could actually outsource that as well. I just chose to to just do it because it, it really doesn't take that much time. I just whenever I wake up, I like looking at my email and saying, "Oh, I got another order. Cool. Let me just forward this to my dealer." And then at night before I go to sleep, I'll check my email again, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, cool. These items shipped. Let me forward my customer the tracking number." And that's it. You know, so I, I don't really do that much work. Um, the only thing I'm actually outsourcing right now is I'm I'm hiring um, a call center right now, so that way I don't have to ever pick up any the, the customer calls. Um, but somebody will will pick it up live. I see. So I just want to clear up that you started with one store. You didn't build five at the same time, right? Yeah. I know in his course he recommended to to pick to build three or five at the same time, and that way you could figure out which one which one works, um, and they could all tie kind of tie together. But I, you know, it, it, to me it was, it was too much too much of a head you know kind of a head pull where I was like you know what let me just focus on one, figure out how to do it, and then let me build the other ones afterwards. Yeah, because there's always the, I guess we play devil's advocate, there's like two ways. Right? You could say, you know, I'm going to build 10 stores, see what sticks, and then focus, rather than, because if you have 10 stores that are each making a thousand bucks a month, you build one by 10%, like your overall is only increasing by a little bit. Whereas if you had one store increasing the revenues by 10%, it's a bit much bigger impact than having it split among all these different stores too. Yeah, definitely. And at the same time, at the end of the day, I realized, you know what, I'm really not in a rush. This is going to be a long-term business that is going to be sustainable for, I mean, pretty much forever, uh, which is great. And the longer I have it, uh, the better of a brand it gets. All right, and so when you started out, how did you find suppliers? Because you're based in Thailand, right? And you know, a lot of them, they're asked for like EIN stuff. Like, you know, they want, probably want like a US contact and probably more comfortable with that. So how did you get past that stage? I just used my parents' address. Uh, it's it pretty easy. I mean, you know, the, none of my dealers even knew that I was in Thailand. I would wake up early in the morning or I'd stay up. Usually what I would do is I would just stay up until like 10 p.m., which was 8 a.m. in the US. And I would just call them like, hey, good morning. And they had no idea I was sitting in my underwear at 10 p.m. <laughs> in my hotel room <laughs> calling. There's certainly, when you call uh, suppliers, they're always looking for legit, legitimate people to work with. How did you pull that off? Uh, well, I mean, I, I just followed Anton's system, and, and he explained that, saying, 
that the reason why they don't want you, you know, random people online uh, selling their products is it messes up the brand. If you're, you know, a bad company, if you're not going to provide good service, you know, you might try to undercut people. You might, you know, you might do some shady things. So if you make your site look like it's been in business for five years uh, by, you know, having these nicely written um, shipping policies and then about us pages and all these other things that he, he kind of teaches and gives you templates for, it makes it really easy to make the site look like it's been up for a long time. Um, and then all you have to do is, you know, just kind of be personal over the phone. Just, you know, I'd called and I was basically like, hi, you know, this is, this is John um, with online retail store, blah, blah, blah. We saw some of your products and we're really interested in adding it to our product line. Uh, can we fill out a dealer application? For, for me, the reason why in the beginning I thought my, my niche was really, really terrible and actually is a really bad niche for people to get into now, which is a good thing for me because it kind of builds a auto mode uh, is I thought there was 10 suppliers for my niche because I because one of the, the homeworks was to write down different brands that, you know, in your niche. I thought there was 10, but turns out that each brand had three subdivisions, almost kind of like Toyota, Lexus, and Scion. So really, there's actually only three companies that sold my product. And two of them said no. And I was like, well, you know, this sucks. So I ended up with just the one brand was really easy to get approved for, but they sell their products in Walmart and Costco and Overstock and um, all these kind of discounters. So my my wholesale price was basically the same as a Costco price. People could just walk in and, and not have to pay for shipping. That's why I thought my, my niche was bad. Um, and I think the only reason why I made it work was I was just very persistent and I kept calling the people that rejected me. Uh, in fact, it's been five months and last night, which was Monday, 8 a.m. their time, I just called the the last supplier who had originally rejected me three times already. Uh, I've been calling him every month and saying, hey, how are you doing? You know, here's the updates. Uh, and finally, I got to speak to the main guy that, you know, finally got past receptionist and finally got his email and sent him you know, screenshots of everything and, you know, all the information he needs. So hopefully I'm, I'm really, you know, praying that I get um, this last suppliers. But the, the thing is, it's really just because it's my niche. For most niches, what he recommends is he wants you to find niches that have a hundred different suppliers. So let's say one example would be outdoor patio furniture. There's literally a hundred different brands that make uh, outdoor patio furniture. You know, if you make a, like an Excel spreadsheet, uh, which gives you templates for, yeah, and you have 100 brands and then you get approved by 10% of them, you still have 10 companies you can sell for, which is more than enough. But if you only had 10 to start with and you only get approved by one, then, you know, it's kind of a bad niche. I see. You don't have much to choose from. So you're basically going back to the guys that rejected you and saying, hey, you know, here's how much product I'm moving, uh, probably sticking by the competitor's name. Like, I'm moving this, this many product for your competitor. You know, do you guys want to get in? Yeah, exactly. And also part of it is just building relationships, just letting them know, hey, you know, if I'm calling you this often, imagine how good I follow up with my customers. That's true, yeah, because it implies to them that you're not just some random doofus with a website, right? Yeah, exactly, which, which I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's like the image that comes after, right? Like, I think Tim Ferriss talks about this in the 4-Hour Workweek, too. Like, you have your website that has, like, a human resources email and, like, a press PR. I think when it actually all goes to you, but the image it gives off is a lot, like, a big organization. Yeah, definitely, and, and people like that. But at the same time, uh, the opposite is true as well where people like ordering from 
you know, people, you know, like they, they want to know that you have a, that you have a staff behind you. Uh, but they also want to see your face. They want to get to know you as a person. So that actually makes it, you, your sites convert really well. Like on my about us page, I have a video of me saying, you know, Hey, you know, this is Johnny and, um, here's my story. We're based out of Foster city in San Francisco and we're, you know, this is what we sell. This is why we got in the business. And, you know, people kind of get to know me and they're like, all right, well, I trust this guy. You know, he, he, he puts his face on, on the video and a lot of big companies won't do that. You know, where they'll have this, gen, you know, those generic stock photos of, we believe in teamwork, customer service, and you know, <laughs> the best prices or something. And there's like a stock photo of people, someone shaking hands and yeah, nobody falls for that. So, and so you were talking about how you made a video, you know, about your store and how are you doing the customer service out in Thailand? Did you have like a 1-800 number or? Uh, I just have a Skype forwarding number. Um, so it's pretty easy. It, it just forwards to my, my phone and my computer. Uh, I let it go to voicemail while I'm sleeping. So usually, so because of the time difference, uh, if I'm, I'm usually going to bed around midnight and that's, I don't know, 10 a.m. in the U.S. So I, I can answer some of the early morning calls and, um, and call people back from the night before. And I usually wake up around eight or nine a.m. Uh, and, you know, straight away I, I return some calls, which is about 7 p.m. in the U.S. So it, it kind of works, but that's why I, I'm, you know, focusing on outsourcing that right now. Uh, so I'm looking on Freelancer and other, other, other sites to, you know, just pay someone for it. Yeah. So how many calls are you getting on average now? I, I don't get that many. I mean, uh, the, the, reason, the reason why I don't get that many is I get maybe, I'd say, on average, two calls a day, uh, sometimes up to three or four. But what I did was I answered all the calls myself for the first couple of months. And every time someone had a question, I added it to the FAQ. And if they had a question about a specific product, I would add it to that product description page. And that way, I'm not constantly answering, you know, having to answer the same questions over and over. And it also makes the customer experience better because if they had that question about it, someone else probably does as well. Yeah, so you could say, you know, before you call us, check out our FAQ, your answer might be there. It'll save you time instead of calling us. And yeah, I mean, most questions are about shipping. Like when, when can it ship here? Can you expedite it? Oh, I need it. I need it two days from now. Can you, you have overnight shipping? Do you ship to Hawaii? Do you ship to Puerto Rico? You know, if I'm in Guam, does that count as the US? You know, things like that. And I would say for most e-commerce stores, you'll get very similar questions as well. Yeah. So you're saying uh, you're kind of in the furniture niche. So have you used kind of customer feedback based on these calls to change, like say your shipping policy or yeah. kind of your pricing strategies? Yeah, definitely. It, it's a hard, it's hard to balance. You know, it's, you know, people really like free shipping, but the problem with heavy items is it costs a lot to ship. Some of my items cost $300 to ship. So if I, you know, if I just offer free shipping, then it's it kind of kills the margins. Um, so it's kind of a balance. Uh, but then, you know, at the end of the day, I kind of figured out, you know, how to keep everyone happy. Yeah. But for them, if they can buy it in Costco or Walmart too, what's well, like what's making them buy online from you then? One real good thing about picking a niche, uh, which I recommend, is you want to sell things that it's not so easy for them to go to Costco, Walmart to buy. So one thing I do is I, you know, I look at Costco, Walmart and say, okay, do they even have this product or is this something that they have to order? The second, if they have it, do they just have one of it or do they have tons of options? Uh, because a lot of times, like let's say Costco, they might sell, let's say tents, right? They only have three or four tents and they sell the best, you know, the best selling ones, which is fine. If you have a website, just selling backpacking tents, you can have a hundred different ones and it makes it a lot easier for, as, a, as a customer to find exactly you know, the one they want. But I guess in furniture, you can also say if you're gonna buy it at Walmart, 
you need like a truck to take it home, right? You probably need to spend like another 30 minutes either to get a friend's truck, rent one or. Yeah, exactly. You know, and um, you know, like let's say you're selling, you know, patio tables. At Costco, they probably only have one patio table. I mean, they don't have a huge selection of them. Uh, but what if what if you wanted to match your your decor or match your your theme? Uh, you know, you want to be able to look online and and be able to compare all of them side by side. I see. Whereas if you chose a niche like, like I don't know plates anyone can buy that so there's no advantage you can really capitalize yeah exactly and then you know plates would probably be way too cheap as well so i understand you are on shopify too for your store yeah i love shopify there's a lot of uh, downsides to it as well but the customer service is great i would say don't use shopify if you have a product that has multiple add-on options because they don't have an easy way to do that so let's say you know your niche is like patio like let's say patio furniture for example if you want to have drop down bars that say add an umbrella you know, for $35 or, you know, add extra chairs for $35. And you also have uh, 20 different colors to choose from. Um, the way that Shopify works is they force you to create a different SKU for each one of those. And that actually makes it really, really difficult to, to create even. I mean, sometimes I spend an hour uh, doing it and it was a pain in the butt. So I know some other sites, they just make it a, a very easy to drop down option. Um, so I'll, it depends on what you're selling, but overall, Shopify has been the one I recommended. One thing you talked about earlier uh, was building credibility with suppliers. I think we talked about this when we were meeting in person. How, uh, when you were getting your first supplier, what did you do on your website to get other people to like take notice of you? The the gist of it is, you know, and this is actually re- really really cool. When I, when I heard it, it was like, all right, let's, so let's say you're selling uh, TVs, right, and you want to sell Sharp, Sony, Panasonic, and LG. What you would do is you would start by putting all of LG's products on your site. And then you call Sharp and say, hey, you know, we're, um, you know, we're an online TV dealer. You know, here's a website, take a look, and we would like to carry your products. Sharp's gonna come on the site and see that you're selling their competitor's stuff, so, you know, that you're selling um, these LG products. And they'll just assume that you're an authorized LG dealer uh, just by, you know, because you put these test products on. So Sharp's gonna be like, okay, well, you know, you know, go ahead, you sell our stuff as well. You know, we trust you because it looks like your legitimate store. You have, you know, nice layout. You have a nice about us page, a nice shipping page. Uh, you have customer service phone number, things like that. And once, you know, your your first dealer approves you, you can take off all the test products and then you can, you know, you can just kind of use that to leverage and and open new accounts. Yeah, that's, that's so genius. I mean, it's like borderline a little bit sketchy, but it makes a lot of sense when, you know, a dealer sees a competitor products listed, they're like, yeah, I got to get in on this too. It's like you're playing to that competitive side of their business too, rather than just having a blank website that has, you know, no products on it and they'll be like, oh, who is this guy? Yeah, I mean, Anton's a genius. It came to that. When I thought of that, I was like, man, this is this sounds so easy, but I never would have figured that out. You know, I would have, I mean, honestly, I would have been like, all right, let me call the uh, dealers first and try to get approved for an account before I uh, make a website. Because like, I'm not going to spend money and time building a website uh, before I, I know I can even sell anything. I mean, this won't work for everyone. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, are gonna are gonna that pay for the course end up just giving up or end up getting busy with school or their lives and just not do it. But Anyone that actually just dedicates to it says, all right, I'm, let me just follow the steps exactly the way he tells you to do it. And let me just keep doing it until, until I make money. It works. I mean, because it worked for me and I'm definitely not the most technical guy. There's one thing you mentioned about dealer applications. So that's basically the process of how getting, you know, getting a supplier. How does that work? Yeah. I mean, just, just basically, you know, calling up um, LG or Sharp and saying, hey, you know, can we fill out an application um, to be a dealer? 
And how long does that process take once you get the paperwork? No, usually just a, just a few days. Um, it's, it's pretty quick. And the other things that you want to do that Anton mentions is you want, as soon as they send you the application, you want to fill that out ASAP because they want to know that you're responsive, that, you know, you're not going to be this, you know, half-ass kind of guy that you're going to be, you're going to take care of stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So let's move into sales and marketing a little bit. So uh, what's your, what are your main ways of driving traffic to the business now? So in the beginning, you know, it was a lot of uh, Google product ads and, um, you know, d- different like kind of pay- paid um, advertising sources, but I'm actually trying to get away from that. And the reason for that is it's a little bit too easy for new competitors to come in and drive up the bid price. Uh, so I've really been focusing on different ways of, I, I don't like saying the word SEO because, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to hack Google or anything. Uh, I'm trying to actually build a brand value, you know, so, you know, getting links from legitimate reviews and, uh, legitimate blogs and legitimate sources, you know, having my, my customers who are happy, uh, you know, link me back to it, you know, through social media and through their websites and and things like that through, you know, organizations, um, and really build, build my brand that way and that get traffic. I see. So most of you doing like blog reviews and Kind of through that way. Yeah, you know, and you know, a lot of it's seriously word of mouth. I email all of my customers afterwards and just see, make sure they're happy with the product and ask them, say, hey, I'd really appreciate if you recommend it to your friends. And a lot of our sales have actually come from just just word of mouth. Yeah, there's one thing really powerful that I uh, tell people is that uh, you ask these customers, you know, why did they buy from you? And then you can use that back in your website copy to like recycle that and then put that in your FAQ and like your value propositions too because you know they already bought from you they're telling you why and then it's basically you know you just rehash that again and it's and it's gold yeah I mean at the end of the day I mean with online businesses you can really build a legitimate company so even though you know I'm starting out as just one guy at the end of the day I know that my stores are, is the best place someone could buy these products and the reason is it's just, you know they're gonna get it from the same manufacturer anyways with drop shipping the manufacturer ships to them directly anyway so like it, the product itself is the same but I know that when they order through me uh, I'm gonna provide them the best you know customer support and the reason why I can do that is I have all these email follow-ups. I, you know, I send them the track number as soon as I get it. Because I don't have a heavy overhead, I can afford to do things like discounted shipping or free shipping promotions. You know, if they have any trouble, you know, I'm, I'm okay with with refunding them. And because at the end of the day, my my overhead is so low that I can afford to do these things and make their lives better. Gotcha. And so when you were just starting out, like, how did you get the initial traveling? Were you using like some paid ads or because yeah. In the beginning, it was all paid ads, um, you know, which is which is great, and you know that they offer that. Um, eventually, you know, Google's trying to kill, you know, all real, you know, all SEO, so people just pay them to, to advertise. But there's always going to be ways. I mean, you know, you, you can never kill word of mouth. You can never kill, you know, recommendations. Yeah, exactly. So if we go into paid ads, but we're using like uh, AdWords, like Facebook ads, or what type of channel? Yeah. I tried them all. Tried uh, Google POAs, which is the product listing ads. Tried uh, Google AdWords. Tried uh, Amazon. I tried Facebook ads. The Google ads, they, they do well, uh, but not for everything. So you have to kind of go in and make sure it's working well. There's some free sites that he actually gives you a list of uh, of ten different ones, like ones like the Find. But in the beginning, what you basically what you want to do is you want to just throw them all up there for a month. A lot of them actually have free trials, so you could just try it out for a month and see if it converts. And if it doesn't, then stop using it. My biggest advice to everyone, listen to this, is do something, just get started. I mean, cause I, you know, you can easily, you know, think about all these questions like, oh, how am I gonna drive traffic? You know, what's the, what's my conversion rate gonna be? What's like, how many stores should I open? And you can just sit around at home, 
you know, fantasizing about this for the next three months. Or you could say, you know what, let me just get started right now. I mean, let me set a goal. Let me say 60 days from now, I want to move out of my house. I want to quit my job. I want to move to Thailand. And I just want to, I just want to live, you know, I want to enjoy my life. And if you have that goal, you can, you can do it. And as long as you just start doing it. And if it wasn't for me being put in that, you know, between that rock, you know, the rock and a hard place and being a little bit desperate, but also being in a great environment for it. I mean, it, like Chiang Mai is, and, and you know, you were here. It, it's the best place to bootstrap your business and get started because where else can you live for 600 bucks a month, you know, while you're building your business, not having expenses, but not only that, you have no responsibilities. You can eat out it's 21 meals a week. You can get all your laundry done, you know, your, your, your place cleaned and have these like, co-working office spaces and have these networks of people who are making money online, you know, as support. By being in that situation, anybody can, can, can build a business. You know, speaking of rent, there was our friend, uh, uh, Marion, who does voiceovers. And I think on her Facebook, she had a photo of her rent receipt. It was like $100. Electricity was like $2. And like water was like three bucks. I was like, man, that's so crazy that. Yeah, she's cool. I mean, you know, she, uh, so it's marionvoiceover.com. And she did the, the intro to my new podcast. And she does, I mean, basically that's what she did. She bootstrapped her business. Um, she bought a mic a MacBook, moved out to Thailand, uh, found the cheapest apartment she could find for a hundred bucks a month. Uh, you know, which, which is actually a fine place. It's a great neighborhood with the walking distance to everything, you know, and you know, she's a small girl, so small apartment's fine. She, you know, is building an online business. She just put up uh, her website, which actually helped, helped her make, she, she had she had no idea uh, that she even needed a website. And I was like, you know, I, you know you're know, you an accidental entrepreneur. I mean, you, you know, instead of just um, going on, you know, kind of Elance and other, those other sites like that, I was like, why don't you build a website and attract some 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 business? And now she's getting gigs and she's, she's killing it. Uh, yeah, so just to wrap things up a little bit. So like when you got into this whole thing, you know, you were kind of in a different state, right? You were kind of like your back against the wall. And did you find that as like a blessing or curse, kind of being broke and finding out dropshipping? Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a blessing in disguise. Uh, at the time, I was, you know, I, I was really unhappy, man. I mean, I, w- I wasn't that, you know, happy in my life because I was like, man, you know, did everything I just did for the last four years, was was that just a waste? You know, should I have been building my career? Should I have been, you know, applying for jobs? You know, should I have been you know, getting um, a realtor's license or, or, you know, whatever. Now, I like, I am honestly very, very happy with my life. I mean, I, I set these goals and I wrote down, you know, by, I think it was November 1st, uh, 2013, which is just a couple of days ago. I wanted to be making $2,000 online uh, a month. And at the time when I wrote that goal a few months ago, I, I would have been really, really happy because $2,000 in um, month in profit out here in Thailand can basically get you whatever you want. So that was my goal. And I'm super, super happy to, to announce that I doubled my goal. And cause I, I do my accounting every first of the month. So I sat down, I was like, all right, what did I make last month? And it was, it was actually over double, double that amount. And this is, it's only been a few months. And the biggest difference is I'm not trading time for money. I mean, in this last month, I honestly haven't been working that much. Uh, and the reason for that is I had two weddings to go to. Then I flew from 
you know, the US to Thailand and I was getting over jet lag, you know, I want and I wanted to party, you know, I have, you know, I have some friends uh, out here visiting. I have my boy Sonic from Indiana sitting on the couch right here. You know, I've just been hanging out, you know, I've been going out, you know, partying, you know, hooking up and just enjoying life. Now you were just in the US, right? So your friends tell you like, you know, Johnny, four years ago, you know, what are you doing? You know, can I like, you know, bring your side, talk to you, talk some sense to you. And now they're like, hey, so how do I do what you do? Exactly. I mean, uh, in the book, uh, I, the first chapter was, it was literally about all my friends giving me 10 different reasons why I should not move to Thailand, you know, and worrying about me. I even had a friend who pulled me aside saying, hey, I, I think you need to go to antidepressants, you know? And I, I, was, I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, you, you might be depressed. I'm like, yeah, I am because my life sucks out here in LA. And I was like, you know, yours probably does too. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? And that, that's why I want to go to Thailand. I want to just de-stress. And now this time when I went back, and we'd be hanging out and I have this list on my phone, uh, a notepad. Every time I make a sale, the Shopify app notifies me saying, hey, you know, you just made, you know, you just sold a $500 item or you just sold a $1,000 item. So I'd be out just doing my normal day-to-day activities and I get these, these notifications. And I started making a list of the, all the funny places I've been uh, where I've made a sale. And I'll say, I'm, I'm, you know, my favorite ones are like when I'm sleeping, all right? Because, you know, it's, it's nice to wake up in the morning, you know, you know, and you're like, oh, I just made some money. Um, it's even better to be to just get out of a massage and realize that that massage and more was just paid for because you were laying there and your, your e-commerce store was running. And I've had even had like, I went to a, a bachelor party. Um, so I was in a strip club and I made, and I was like, oh, let me get another lap dance because I just made some money. Watching UFC fights, uh... You know, just having breakfast. Oh, I went down to Mexico to have some tacos and I didn't have a reception and I came back in and I, and I got a sale. So, you know, basically, you know, once you have it all set up, I mean, it takes a while. I don't want people thinking, oh, you can just, um, you know, overnight, you know, have the success. It took me two months to do it. And it might take you two months. It might take you a month. It might take you three months. But if, as long as you're actually dedicated to it, you know, I guarantee anyone can, can, anyone can do it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, listener. And thanks, Johnny, for joining us. You guys can find out more about him, like you said, at johnnyfd.com. Uh, look for his book on Amazon or go to his website to uh, follow his e-commerce journey. All right, Johnny, thanks a lot. And I will let you know when I'm in uh, Thailand next time. Hey, appreciate it, Terry. Hey, have a good one, all right? Yeah, you too, man. All right. Take care, dude. To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store Podcast.